Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Hey boys and girls, welcome to another edition of FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. Outstanding to be with you, Ryan Tutel here. Colter Nuanas will be along shortly as well. Let's take a look at what happened in the round of 16 in the FCS playoffs last week. We'll blitz through this. Uh, no surprise, North Dakota State moving on. They beat Mickle State 37-13, though they did not cover the 28-point spread. So congratulations to Nichols. They're out of the tournament, but they did it while making money for some big fans. So congratulations to them in that. Central Arkansas, one of a handful of seeded teams that fell last week. The hosting Central Ar- uh, UCA fell to Illinois State 24-6. Illinois State was in fact uh, excuse me, they lost that game 24-14. Get that right. uh, Illinois State was a two and a half point favorite in that game on the road and they did cover that a 10 point uh, spread or 10 point cover uh, that they got on a two and a half point spread. So Central Arkansas out. Montana State, they were a 10 point favorite. They won by a lot. 47-21 the final over Albany as the Bobcats will host this week. Why are they hosting? Well, because Sacramento State, the favored four seed, lost big time to Austin P. Austin P came in a 12-point dog and ended up winning this thing by 14 points, 42-28. It was 21-0, 10 minutes into this football game, so Austin P headed for Bozeman this week. Weber State, they held on over a very good Kennesaw State team, triple option club. Kennesaw State was an 11.5-point underdog. They covered that spread but did not win the game 26-20 for Weber State. Montana, the Grizzlies, the biggest win of the weekend, 73. They hung up on southeastern Louisiana, 73-28 the final. Eight offensive touchdowns, one defensive touchdown, one special teams touchdown. That's how you get to 73, people, while end a field goal. 
So 10 touchdowns and a field goal. Unbelievable day. The Grizzlies cover the 12.5-point spread easily. They go to Weber State now this week in the quarterfinals. South Dakota State, they were up 10 nothing early in this game, did not score again against Northern Iowa, who holds on for the upset. They lost 38-7 to South Dakota State less than a month ago. They now win in the playoffs 13-10, and UNI is through to the quarterfinal, covering their 9.5-point underdog status with an outright victory. And finally, James Madison. They were a 29-point favorite, that number just about right, as they, uh, as they cover over Monmouth 66-21. This game was 21 each, and then James Madison scored the last 45 points in a row. So congratulations uh, to the Dukes. They are through. They will be hosting Northern Iowa. We're going to change things up a little bit this week and do the correspondent portion of this first. We're going to start with Randy Reinhart from Illinois State. Then we will have Jim Nelson, who covers Northern Iowa. They're going to go play James Madison, Illinois State, by the way, at North Dakota State. And then Brian Reeves, who is the play-by-play voice for the Austin P. Governor, is going to talk to us about Austin P. headed to Montana State. So there you go. Enjoy. Right off the bat, Randy Reinhart. Well, Randy, welcome to the FCS Speculators Podcast once again, a veteran of the pod here, so we appreciate you here being with us. For everybody out there, tell everybody, Randy, who you are, who you write for, and uh, what team you cover. I am uh, Randy Reinhardt from the Panagraph newspaper in Bloomington Normal, Illinois, and I cover Illinois State. And Randy, Illinois State coming off an impressive victory last week against a seeded Central Arkansas team on the road. Illinois State was a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game, but they won 24-14 and move on to take on North Dakota State in the Fargo Dome this Saturday. But talk to us about that Central Arkansas game last week and what went right for the Redbirds. Well, it was pretty much the same formula as the previous week against uh, Southeast Missouri. Uh, Redbirds played strong defense. Uh, they gave the football to Dale back James Robinson and let him run with it over and over and over again, and it was successful. So uh, Robinson has over 500 yards in the two playoff games, so he, is, he has been carrying the team uh, yardage-wise, and, and the rest of the team has, has come along. And Randy, tell the people about the injury situation. Illinois State losing their quarterback uh, earlier on uh, you know, a few weeks ago, and that's one reason why Robinson has been leaned on so heavily, right? Quarterback Brady Davis was hurt in the uh, second-to-last uh, regular season game. Uh, the last regular season game was uh, a bit of a tryout or uh, audition for uh, the backups. Uh, they settled on uh, redshirt freshman Bryce Jefferson for the playoff games, and, and he's performed well. When you take a look at going to North Dakota State, like you said, Robinson, I think 210 yards last week, 288 two weeks ago, just an unbelievable performance. Can he produce that again and run with the volume that he's had to run to carry this team against, obviously, a very good Bison football team? Well, that's that's certainly going to be a lot more difficult than, than it has been uh, the last couple weeks. But uh, the Redbirds have to go in with the uh, with the attitude that uh, we're going to keep trying this and, until somebody stops it, and then we'll uh, we'll adjust from there. So I'm sure uh, James will, will still get the ball plenty. When you look at this game against North Dakota State, how does Illinois State match up just in terms of what they do? Obviously running the ball a ton on offense now, but with what North Dakota State is, how do you see this on paper? Well, I, I think it's uh, it, it's even in some ways. Uh, both teams have really good defenses. Um, I think where the, uh, where the Bison probably have an edge is, is on offense. Uh, 
the Redbirds have had several uh, injuries to uh, uh, quarterbacks. Uh, the second string tailback, um, a couple receivers are still out. So the uh, and the Bison have just been so incredibly efficient on offense. So I think that's that's probably where the the biggest edge for uh, North Dakota State is. North Dakota State, a 23-and-a-half point favorite at home on Saturday. This game on ESPN television at noon Eastern. That's 10 Mountain for those of you around the state of Montana. Uh, what do you see, especially against the number 23-and-a-half points? Do you like Illinois State against that number, or do you think North Dakota rolls? Well, that's a, that's a huge number, and, and it's just an incredible compliment to North Dakota State. It really shows uh, the reputation and that they've built, and it's it, it is well deserved. They they uh, just I think their winning streak is up into the 30s now. Uh, they've won what seven out of eight of the national of the last national championships. But uh, Illinois State is is a very solid team too. So. Um, I would probably uh, take the Redbirds and take the points. Outstanding. Randy, appreciate it. For people who want to uh, read your stuff and follow you around on the social medias, tell them where they can do that. Our uh, newspaper website is pantograph.com, P-A-N-T-A-G-R-A-P-H. And I can be found on Twitter at P-G underscore Reinhardt. Well, welcome to FCS Speculators. Jim Nelson covers Northern Iowa. Jim, tell the people who you are, who you write for, and who you cover. Hi, I'm Jim Nelson. I work for the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier here in uh, Northeast Iowa. I cover uh, University of Northern Iowa football. And Jim, Northern Iowa has the unenviable task of going against the number two team in the nation this week, James Madison. But let's start with last week with an amazing victory over South Dakota State. If I'm not mistaken, South Dakota State was up to a 10 nothing lead early in that game and then never scored another point. Walk us through what took place last Saturday in that matchup. You know, uh, South Dakota State got on uh, got on the Panthers early. Uh, they, scored, uh, they returned opening kickoff to midfield, 50-yard line, went right down the field and uh, scored uh, up 7 nothing. And you and I shanked a punt and Gave them the ball on about the Panther 40, and they, they took that and made it 10 nothing. And then uh, that was about five minutes left of the uh, first quarter. And then from that point on, you and I's defense took over. And, you know, uh, you and I got a, a long scoring drive for a field goal and then uh, opened the second half with a 10 uh, play, 75 yard drive to, drive to tie the game at 10 10. And, you know, next thing, then all of a sudden it's a ball game there. And uh, then the, the Panthers got the ball back with about. Uh, ten minutes to go in the fourth, or what's about six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and go eighty drive eighty yards uh, all the way down to uh, the, the the South Dakota State one, and eventually kick the field goal, and uh, and the defense held on. Tell me, how much momentum do you think that Northern Iowa is carrying after having lost to South Dakota State? I think thirty-eight-seven an Avalanche uh, several weeks ago, avenging that, and and got to feel pretty good about yourself beating a really good uh, you know Jackrabbit team, and now heading into James Madison. Uh, there's a there's a big uh, heck of a lot of confidence in that room. You go talking to the guys that you know the the defense is playing at a high high level right now. Which you know at this time of the year that's going to give you a chance to win every game. Um, uh, you know it, you look at the, the valley and you, they got three teams in the lead eight. And you look at all three of those teams: North Dakota State, Illinois State, Northern Iowa. And those, those are three top twenty defenses. FCS, I believe. Uh, if you look at it statistically, so you know they're playing good defense. The offense is finding ways to produce points and enough points to get the victories. And you know, yeah, it's a competent team going in there, and you know they they understand what they're facing is a uh, huge challenge. But you know, when you can, well, they understand also understand if they can play defense the way they have, 
they're, they're, they're going to put themselves in a position to have a chance to, to maybe win this game. Jim, walk us through some of the injuries. I know that there's been a couple for Northern Iowa. So what, what are they dealing with now and trying to overcome that way? Well, right now, you know, again, they have last three or four weeks, Isaiah West, the wide receiver, will be in a questionable but doubtful range. He, uh, he had to leave the game in the third quarter uh, against South Dakota State. A targeting call, high hit. He took it right off the head. Uh, the guy, uh, the player was ejected. He never returned. He went straight to the lot, help, was helped to the locker room. He's doubtful to questionable whether he'll play Friday. If he plays, that gives him a big weapon on offense. So that, that's the big one. Uh, linebacker Chris Klerovic, who is among their leading tacklers, he uh, is questionable for the game too. Uh, but they have, they've, uh, he's rotated back and forth with Spencer Kuvalier. So that, that's not a huge loss on the, on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, if he could play, that's a, that, that, would be, uh, that would give him more depth there on defense. Uh, the other thing is tight ends, been, uh, they've been down to their fourth, fifth, sixth string tight end. Uh, they got one of them back, Jaden Scott, last week. That really helps the guy to catch passes. They've been using in the last two or three weeks a redshirt freshman at tight end, a converted linebacker at tight end, and a converted offensive lineman as like an extra extra lineman. They're all playing tight end. So to get actual tight end, that's uh, and the name uh, Jaden Scott's his name. Get him back, a guy that can go out and catch passes. That opens some things up for them offensively. So those are the big ones. There are a lot of guys that are banged up, like probably James Madison, probably like a Montana, Montana State, whoever's left. They got banged up guys, but those are three guys right there. Are, are three key, uh, the two key injuries, Isaiah Weston and Chris Kalarovic, are the, probably the two big ones. So now with Northern Iowa going on the road to take on James Madison. James Madison, an outstanding team, undefeated against the FCS this year, the number two team in the nation. When you look at the matchup here, what do you see? Uh, you know, you and I have got to be able to, you know, move the ball a little bit and give their defense some rest. I think, you know, and this is a formidable, formidable defense. <laughs> Uh, you, you look at James Madison all the way number one scoring offense in the country, number three scoring defense in the country. So uh, one thing, I don't think you and I want to get in a shootout. It's got to be, it's got to be a game in the twenties or lower than twenty. Uh, I think it's got to be something like a seventeen fourteen game for them to have a shot. Uh, that, that's even maybe even lower, like thirteen to ten, almost like a South Dakota State game, thirteen ten. And as I understand, it's going to be really shaky weather there. They're forecasting freezing rain, 38 temperatures. It's going to rain, 80% chance of rain. So that could affect the game too. So for you and I have a chance, they got to slow that offense down and then hopefully maybe get uh, the defense can give them a short field or two and they can, they can put some points or maybe put a couple drives together against a pretty good defense. Okay, you got to put on your uh, get a, get your crystal ball out here, Jim, for us. The uh, James Madison is a uh, at home, obviously there in in central northern Virginia. Pretty big trip in terms of distance for you uh, and I, uh, and they are a nineteen point favorite. James Madison is in this football game. When you look at this thing against the spread, what do you think? If I get nineteen points, I'm taking the Panthers. I think their defense is good enough to keep this game close. It's a matter of how much they can offense they can get. And if they get uh, if they can get a couple scores of this offense, they're they're going to have a chance to win the game outright. But I would take the Panthers nineteen points for sure. Jim, tell the people where they can uh, find you on social medias and read your stuff. Uh, you can find uh, all my stuff on uh, wcfcourier.com. Uh, and uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Nelly N E L L E Y thirteen. Well, hello, Brian Reeves. Welcome to FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. Happy to have you here and excited for the game. Austin P at Bozeman against Montana State Friday night, 6 o'clock kickoff from Bozeman Stadium. Brian, 
Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Tell the people who you are and uh, what you do, how you cover Austin P. there. Well, first, thanks for having me with you today. Brian Reeves, I am the radio play-by-play voice for ESPN Clarksville and the Governor's Sports Network. I've been the radio play-by-play voice for Governor's Football for the last six seasons. Luckily, a winning last six seasons. Yeah, how about that? And this season in particular, I mean, Austin P has been on an unbelievable run really about the last two months where they're not just winning, but they're dominating teams as they've gone and then go in and get just an unbelievable win against a, a really good Sacramento State team last weekend. What, why has this team been so good, especially of late? Balance. And I know that's probably a cop-out answer, but it's the honesty and the truth. We've been able to put together balance on the offensive side to where you can't make us one-dimensional. Teams who tried to take away the run game will burn you with the pass game. Try to take away our, our short, intermediate routes, we'll go deep on you. And then, if nothing else, we've got, a, in my opinion, an all-American caliber running back in Kentel Williams. And defensively, just steady as she goes. We've been very fortunate all sign of our starting 11 in that continuity all season long. We've had some injuries on the defensive line, but we've had some depth there that has developed quicker than maybe we even thought it would. So to have that continuity across the 11 on the defensive side, the balance on the offensive side has just enabled us to put together a seven-game win streak. What's been the key to the turnaround, especially under a first-year head coach and Mark Hudspeth? Yeah, that record-setting losing streak was 0-37. My first two years as the radio play-by-play voice, I didn't call a victory till my third season in. So I'm very familiar with the streak you speak of. The difference has been, quite honestly, the caliber of player – and maybe taking some chances on a couple of guys that uh, might have fallen out of favor with some bigger institutions or maybe had some issues that just fit in with us. But uh, it, it's just been a remarkable buy-in. You know, Coach Will Healy was here for three years. He's now captaining the ship at Charlotte. He's got the 49ers bowl eligible for the first time ever in that program's history. And now Mark Hudspeth has come in with his success that he had at Louisiana and implemented that into the all-speed plan. But it's you know, it's just the players. We have caliber of players now that compete on not only the Ohio Valley Conference level, but can go compete on a national FCS level. And the fruits of those labors are finally starting to show on the field. Well, Brian, set up this game for us as you see it. We know you're trying to get some preparation done on a short week for you uh, on Friday. And Austin P, very good team, great defense uh, against the rush, it looks like as well. Montana State, certainly a very comp- uh, competent running team. When you look at the matchup as you've uh, been preparing for this game, what do you see? I see it. I see in the governor defense that gives up 2.8 yards a rush against a Montana State offense that averages almost 6 yards a rush, 5.9. To me, that's the biggest mark. Can we keep them behind the chains on first and second down? Now, I watched a little of Montana State last week, and we saw a passing game from the Bobcats that maybe a lot of folks hadn't seen all year. But that's still going to be the key for this governor defense, to make them play behind the chains on first and second, make them throw the football. That plays to the strength of this governor defense. Our front four have been able to get pressure without bringing extra and compromising the back-end defense. You know, you got a guy like Cordell Jackson, who is a uh, all, all again another to me All American candidate. Seven interceptions on the season. Uh, he'll he'll roam and play center field for us. But we've got to control that running game. We can't not allow uh, yards after contact and easy holes to open on the offensive front for the Bobcats. We've got to make them play behind the chains. To me, that's the biggest piece of the puzzle come Friday night. And, and thank you, FCS, for flying us back. Uh, 2,000 miles on a Saturday night and make us turn right around and play on a Friday night. We were, I'll, I'll say that for my team. We appreciate that. 
<laughs> hey, Friday night, it is going to be a, 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 an evening game, presumably fairly chilly by the time the sun goes down in Bozeman. Montana State, they've been very good this season. They're six-point favorite at home against Austin P. but Austin P. of course, been on a roll. What do you see in this game against the spread? How do you pick this one? You know, I'm going to be a homer. I'm looking at this through rose-colored red glasses of the governors. That I love our chances to go put up points. You know, we've got a record-setting 508 points scored on the season. We average just shy of 37 points a contest. We'll be able to go put points on the board. I had to compare ourselves to Sacramento State. You know, this is a Sacramento State team that we beat last week that beat Montana State. So I tried to get a little bit of that comparison film. I like the way that we look. I like the number, and I love being an underdog. Road dogs usually don't ride too well, but I'll wear that crown going into Bozeman this Friday night. Brian, that's fantastic. Tell the people where they can follow you, listen to you, and all of that. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Brian Reeves, R-I-V-E-S. Again, we're out of ESP in Clarksville, out of Clarksville, Tennessee, the last train to Clarksville that the monkeys always make famous. You can, you can follow us and listen to our broadcast via our website, which is ClarksvilleNow.com. You click on the sports tab, listen live, listen live and free to a little governor football. All right, let's take a look, Coulter, at the Montana Grizzly-Weber State football game. This game is on Friday night. 10 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. That will be local time where they're playing this game in Ogden, available on ESPN2. Last week, Weber State uh, was a an 11.5 point favorite. They did not cover that spread, but they did win over Kennesaw State 26-20. to Kennesaw State, again, I think a, a, a very good team and obviously an abnormal team running the triple option and all that, but Weber State holds serve at home. They move on. The Montana Grizzlies, uh, they were a 12.5 point favorite and they just covered in a 73-28 beat down. 73 points man it still it didn't even register when i was watching this game last week fourth most in school history i mean that's unbelievable to Guess score what the most is what is it 87 136 136 points against carroll college in 1904 that's uh that's kind of running it up a little bit 136 to nothing well, I mean, I don't think that's going to be topped. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, 73, though, 28, an impressive performance for the Grizzlies. So Coulter, Montana moves on to Ogden, Utah to take on Weber State. They beat Weber State 35 16 three weeks ago in the second to the last week of the regular season. Weber State was the number three team in the nation when they came in. The Grizzlies were the number three team in the nation when they went out. Guess what? Weber State's back to the number three team in the nation in this football game. Montana comes in number six. Uh, Not that the rankings at this point really matter at all, but it's just interesting, the symmetry there. But Coulter, it was was 35-16. If you didn't watch the game, it was 35-3, and the game was over going into the fourth quarter. Weber State scored a couple of touchdowns late in that game when basically everybody had uh, backups into this game. There's two things to key in on uh, to me about this game. One is, how does the rematch play out from a for lack of a better word, motivation standpoint, where is Weber State at mentally to, because I think they're going to be raring to go against the Montana Grizzlies. And and also, can Montana recreate the the level of motivation, of energy, of physical play that they had and completely dominated Weber State in that aspect? The other thing that's worth keying on uh, in just about every game, but especially this one, is health. Where is Dalton Sneed at? He looked so good a week ago. He also did take one pretty clear shot to that 
ankle and and was slow getting up and how's his recovery going to be and for Weber State you know is Rashid Shahid available or is 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 you know uh, a whole myriad of guys who were injured in Montana and have been banged up are they back and what level are they able to play out so I think those are two keys but uh, Coulter Montana road favorite here a two and a half point favorite against Weber State in Ogden I think I think what you said about Weber State is really interesting because I think that Weber State has been the toughest team in the big sky, both because that's their desired persona and personality as a team, but also sort of by default. Because Montana and Montana State have not been as tough as they've been in years past. And they're both on the way back to it. And there's no doubt that Bobcats are tough as hell now. No question. Right. And Montana has some really tough players, too. But the thing that's so interesting to me is Weaver State has been the bully on the playground for three or four years, but when they face a fellow bully, they fold. And I, they have that, that is a consistent storyline. They've only played three teams that have stood up to them physically, and they've gotten wiped. James Madison, a couple years ago in the quarterfinals of the playoffs, Maine last year in the playoffs, and Montana this year in the regular season. So how do they buck that narrative? Mm-hmm. It's easy to be the biggest, baddest dude on the block until you see the guy, the biggest, baddest dude from the other block. But let me ask you this, though, because on so this, is, this is sort of a chicken and the egg thing for me from a football standpoint, because you say, well, you lost the game because you got physically beat down. But also, any game that you lose, you probably lost physically. No. Montana State's lost dozens of games while winning the physical battle <laughs> in the last four years. It's true. Jeff Choate, if you want to get in a fight with Jeff Choate, he's going to beat you in the fight. He might not win the game. Right. They, I mean, they lost two straight years worth of games where they were the more physical team. But are you going to tell me that there's that that the only games that Weber State has been out physical are also the games that they've lost? I mean, yes, because they've only lost three games. Well, they've, but this year had nothing. I mean, they've only got out physical one time this year, and that's their only FCS loss. They did not get out physical against San Diego State right. or Weber State right. or, or Nevada, excuse right. me. And they did not get out physical by Cal. I guess the thing that I'm, I wonder about this Weber State team is last year, this Weber State team is not as good as last year's. It's not as good as two years ago either. It's a very good team, but they don't, they, and they have some of the better. They have more point-scoring type guys when you include Trey Tuttle, their kicker, who's outstanding. Rashid Shahid when he's healthy, but he's not. Josh Davis when he's healthy, who knows what his status is. He's only rushed for about a hundred. He had about a thousand yards coming into the Grizz game. He's only rushed for about a hundred yards, including the Grizz game since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Cooley's been in and out of the lineup. Justice Malone, the tight end, is out. So you have multiple point-scoring guys type guys hurt. What I want to know is, I, I guess. You have to watch Weaver all the time to kind of get what I'm saying, but like Jonah Williams is a six foot five, two hundred eighty five pound defensive end who's the defensive MVP of the league. He's not an enforcer. He's a good player. He's a very strong guy who does his job. He's not an enforcer. He's not like Legrand Toyea was last year. Mm. He's not like Juwan Harrison was last year for Weaver State. You need that guy that has the edge. Like is Braden Conkle Montana State's best player? No, but he's perhaps their most important player because it, you know no matter what, no matter who you're playing, Braden Conkle is going to hit somebody and he's going to talk to their he's going to talk smack to their face. 
you got to have that enforcer guy. I'm just interested to see because Weber State has been able to walk around with their chest, chest puffed out quite often. And because they're they're the bigger batter team in virtue of the fact that they're bigger and batter. I mean, they just right. are that physically almost right. always. Right. But then, do they have the attitude to back that up? And that's what I'm saying. Like this team only starts four seniors. Right. Like, last year is supposed to be their year, or next year is supposed to be their year. They right. don't have a guy like McKay Murphy who was a f- savage. Right. I mean, the guy is a f- freak. Right. He, I mean. He straight up went on and almost got himself drafted after having multiple knee injuries. Okay, now let me ask you this. Okay, so your point's well taken, and I accept that. But it's not to say that Weber State can't rise up and do it that, either. That's that's what I'm trying to. I, I guess what I, I'm trying to get. I just want to see it. Like, do they? Are they just cowering when they run into a quote unquote more physical team that is more assertive, or is it just the day? And my impression is that it is just the day. Like I, I that day. Was for, if you're looking at this through the Weber State lens, anomalous, right? For Montana, they want to say, "Well, no, it wasn't." And we're going to prove that it wasn't. But for right now, it's it is a the one and only loss in the season. It's the one game where, by the way, it wasn't all just that they were unquestionably spanked, physically spanked, but also they're. They're rolling punts back to the punter. The punter's shanking oh, totally. kicks into the front. Like, that's not about just being more physical. It's about a team that was shook early and not ready to go. I got two questions. Yeah. Me. First of all, we're never going to know what coaches say to motivate teams. Mm-hmm. But I truly think that what Bobby Houck said the day he was hired, the only thing that's different about the big sky is Montana is not on top. I think he's steadfastly and 100% believes that. Uh-huh, even though it's an objective fallacy. And I really think that going into the Weber game, that's why I th- knew that they were going to win. I think he straight up told his team, this is the three-time defending Big Sky champs, and they don't deserve it because we do. Mm-hmm. And there's no there's no merit to that because whoever wins the games deserves the championships, of and course. they won the games. But Bobby Houck has given different levels of praise. You can always tell by the words he uses. He was 0% effusive in his praise of Weaver State both press conferences. I don't I think he thinks that they're good. I mean not but not top 5 in the country three-time defending when, Big Sky champions. When good. you're 35 to 3 heading into a fourth quarter and ends up being 35-16 in a in a in a domination of the number 3 team in the country and as you get ready to play them again, the only thing you have to say is how bad you played the first time you played exactly. them. Now you know where he's coming from. Exactly. Second question. Yes. You've watched Montana State 12, 13 times this year. Yeah. You've watched Weber what, twice? Yeah. Couple, yeah. Two, three times. Who would win against Montana State or Weber? Man. I mean, of what I've seen, Montana State. Exactly. And how would they do it? By being Running tougher. the football, yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> right. what I'm saying is that Weber's not even the best at what they do in the league. Right. But they could be, and they have a chance to prove it right now. Right. This is a – we're going to talk about this on 2 Tell Nuanas this afternoon. But this is a I, – I, I, I'll say Wednesday afternoon. This is a massive litmus test for Jay Hill and the mentality and attitude of the Weber State program. That's right. Because if they physically dominate Montana – it's a it's a breakthrough. It is a breakthrough, and it's a breakthrough because not only is it a breakthrough against Montana, and in this scenario, it's also a breakthrough into a semifinal, a national semifinal, which good as Weber State has been and three-time Big Sky Conference champions, they they haven't gotten there. Now, they lost a, ga- a shoulda, coulda, woulda game to James Madison, which was, which was great. I mean, they exceeded expectations in that year. They also fell short a season ago against Maine, and right now, they're still sitting here good as they've been, and 
and as high regard as you and I both have for Jay Hill and what he's done, until you've done it, you haven't done it, and they haven't exactly. been into a national semifinal or further. You can't let national narratives enter. You can't let the storyline skew the performance. In other words, if they get stalled out in the quarterfinals for the third year in a row, now all of a sudden that's a storyline. They yeah. can't get past the Elite Eight. Okay, so here we go. The Montana Grizzlies still a two-and-a-half-point favorite, probably because of the way that they won the first time around, even though this is a road game, night game, short week, finals week, the whole thing. Who you got? Well, you know, I've, just, I've been trying to analyze these games, the lines, based on who's at home. And because sometimes that it get, oftentimes it gives you just more points when you're at home. And you know, I was doing some research into just kind of what this means. Say Montana was at home. So uh, Montana, there's two, I've seen two lines on this game. I've seen minus three and minus two and a half. So it's right in there. Mm-hmm. But if this is on a neutral field, that means Montana is about a six point favorite. And if this is in Missoula, that means Montana's like a 10 to 12 point yeah, favorite. Nine. Yeah, nine. Yeah, nine, ten. Mm hmm. I I think that that's accurate. I here here's where I'm at. I don't think Montana's program is better than Weber State's program right now, and I don't think Montana on paper is that much better than Weber State. And I think in certain areas they're not even close to as good. I think Weber State has much better defensive line. I think they're comparable at linebacker, with the exception of Dante Olson for Montana. I think Montana is significantly better at the offensive skill positions, but Weber State's significantly better on the offensive line and in the specialists. On both kicker, punter, all that stuff. Well, maybe not punter, but regardless. The matchup, though, the styles that they play, I just think that, first of all, Bobby Howick's going to be out for blood because I think that he really thinks that Weber State's occupied the top of the league because Montana hasn't, and that's all. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting motivational tactic. Yeah. Sometimes you don't ever want to underestimate your opponent, but I do think it's, it's accurate in this form. I think Montana is going to win. I know it's really hard to beat a team twice. I know it's really hard to beat a team, especially after they played so poorly on the road at your house and they made so many different mistakes. But I just think that the matchup favors the Grizz so much that I think Montana is going to roll. I, I got Montana to cover that spread pretty easily. I'm going to take Montana as well. Uh, I, think, well I think Weber's going to be ready to go. I am praying praying for once for Montana to play a close football game because that's the one question we still don't have an answer to for the Grizzlies is what happens if it's a tie game a one possession game in the middle late stages of football game I I just don't think it's going to happen I I, I don't think their style caters to it because you're either going to get trucked or you're going to avalanche the other team well they they certainly have but I like Montana in this Montana's got the better quarterback straight up and Weber State is actually more banged up than Montana is, and I think that's significant. Even though I think Weber State is going to be ready to go for this game, uh, I think the the questions of doubt start to introduce themselves. So minus two and a half for Montana. You and I both on the Grizz. Well, from Ogden, we go to Bozeman, where Montana State is hosting Austin P in the quarterfinals. Montana State, a dominant win over Albany, 47-21. They covered easily their 10-point spread against uh, uh, the Great Danes uh, last Saturday. Albany scored the first touchdown of the game, and then Montana State scored hello the next 47 points in a row uh, in this football game. A couple of scores late for for Albany. uh, inconsequential so Montana State uh, a dominant performance against uh, an upstart Albany team but obviously a team that's not has not quite arrived yet on the uh, on the national scene Austin P went in as 12 point underdogs to Sacramento State league uh, title sharing Sacramento State 
the team that, for my money, was the best team in the Big Sky Conference uh, in the, uh, you know, taking stem to stern in this regular season. And they shellacked Sacramento State uh, 42-28. The final of that game was 21-0, 10 minutes into the game in favor of Austin P. Uh, they, they pulled out all the stops. They had their first onside kick in three years which they recovered in the first quarter. Just trying to get that momentum thing. Think Sean Payton, you know, in the Super Bowl coming out of the half when they did it with the Saints. Anyhow, Austin P 42-28, a very impressive victory. This is an interesting matchup, Coulter. This is one of the top uh, rush defenses in the nation, and Austin P uh, allowing just over 90 yards a game on the ground. I mean, that's a stout defense to have that be your season average. I don't care what conference you're playing in or what, anything. And uh, they're going up against the number one rushing attack in the Big Sky Conference in the Montana State Bobcats, who especially the last month have been truly, truly unstoppable on the ground. Uh, Troy Anderson out for yet another week last week. This is even coming off of a bye, so he did not play against Montana. Had a bye week, then did not play last week against Albany. So he's fully a month from the last time that he played a football game. Hasn't really mattered for Montana State, him being there or not. And don't look now, but Tucker Rovig had easily, easily his best day as a Bobcat on Saturday. 24 of 30, I think 280 yards just shy, three touchdowns, was outstanding in this football game. Uh, Austin P going to be a stiffer test, you would think, defensively. But that's got to be a big confidence build to have that type of performance in a playoff game. Jeff Joe mentioned it in his press conference on Monday, but without their best player they've played better as a team and that's an amazing it's true circumstance it's 100 percent true montana state they do their internal players of the week every week and they put out a little graphic with the pictures of the guys and this last week their their internal players of the week were for the first time this year at all three spots tucker rovig on offense tyle kata on defense and coy Steele on special teams Montana State has had no less than 20 guys win internal player of the week this year. Maybe as many as 25. I have never seen... When you look at the Grizzlies, you think, if Dalton Sneed and Dante Olsen play well, the Grizz have a really good chance. Sac State, if Kevin Thompson plays well and George Obina plays well, Troy Anderson doesn't even have to play for Montana State, and they're winning playoff games. Yeah, it's crazy. Albany was an overmatched team, for sure, but... I mean, you've had no less than 10 guys be the best player on that day on defense for Montana State, and you've had no less than 10 guys make game-changing plays offensively throughout the season for Montana State. One day, I mean, Tyrone Marshall did not play in a game for the first two months of the season and then goes out and randomly gets seven carries against Northern Colorado, rushes for like 87 yards, and now all of a sudden they have this like crazy fly-sweep element to their already complicated offense. Now everybody's heads are spinning because you have just another guy. Lance McCutcheon was completely dormant this entire year. He had caught nine passes for like 100 yards total this entire season. Right. Saturday and he goes out and catches a 42 and 49-yard touchdown pass. Yeah. Yeah. They're just coming out of the woodwork. Right. But, that, but you don't want to get too high on it because a lot of this stuff has come against very lesser opponents like Northern Colorado, Southern Utah. And, I mean, I, Albany was okay. They had six guys that were really good. But it also happened against the Grizzlies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is coaching. My brother asked Jeff Cho, he said, what is the best strength of this team right now? Jeff Cho said, it's simple. Team. That's it. We're a team. 
I think that in the playoffs makes you so dangerous because you can't key on one guy. Yeah. Honestly, with the what they do, having Troy Anderson actually hurts them in certain ways because people can key on him. Whereas now, who are you going to key on? Mm-hmm. You never know. Mm-hmm. You never know who's getting the ball. You never know who's going to make the plays on defense. They're they're operating at an incredibly high level right now. And it's, it's fun to watch because we talk about where Weaver State is at and what they need to do to take that next step. In the sixth year under Jay Hill, they need to break through that ceiling. Montana State has a chance to fully fulfill the prophecy of their head coach saying, win big, year four. I mean, if they break through this week, they're in the final four, it's it's fulfilled. Totally. The program, oh, oh, it's fulfilled, yes. The program, as it's been preached, has come to fruition. That's so rare to see somebody talk like Jeff Choate talks and have it actually happen. Yes. Um. Let's talk about – here's the deal, okay? We we are – you and I try to be as objective as we possibly can be, and even in a podcast scenario, you know, we're here to just give people information as best as we can and, and contextualize it a little bit. But there is just a fact of the matter that you and I have watched every Montana State game this season, sure. and we have now watched – for me, part of, for you all of, one Austin P. football game. Certainly. Okay? So as a matter of fact, we simply don't have the the, the knowledge and the body of uh, a history of the season of Austin P. that we have for Montana State. Montana State's a six-and-a-half-point favorite, okay? I'm going to pick, I will just tell you now, Montana State to win this game and to cover that spread because of what I've watched. Austin P. comes into the playoffs, a basically unknown entity, and beats the Piss out of a good Furman team in the first game that they play. I mean, just absolutely destroying Furman, 42-6. to And then they go to the best team in the Big Sky Conference, which is 1 or 1A, the best conference in the FCS, and beat the piss out of that best team on the road, 42-28. Uh, to uh, 28. And again, it wasn't even that close in that football game. So what I'm going to say is... Austin P. I'm not picking them, and I accept this as just completely a, a, a pick of lack of knowledge and ignorance on my part of what they are, because this is clearly a team that is straight rolling right now. They have been. We we looked out, you know, their 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 history. We've talked to people associated with the team, uh, uh, guys that cover the team, and so forth and so on to get as much information as we can. You're going to hear uh, as well uh, from from Brian uh, from Brian Reeves, who is the play by play. Voice for the governors. This is, and so he's going to give you his perspective on this team, and he has watched them play all the time, and he's very high on them, as you would expect, because they're an 11 win team. So all I'm going to say about Austin B is this overwhelmingly impressed is what I am with this football team. I mean, they have been not good, great the first two weeks against two teams that they were frankly uh, underdogs to. Big underdogs, especially last week in Sac State, and it was nothing like that. They took no prisoners and just couldn't be uh, you know, more impressed with Coach Hutzpeth and what he has put together with this group and a program that has really been building. And so, you know, on I expect Montana State to win because they have been rolling there at home and they have something to prove. But, I mean, take nothing away from Austin P. And if they actually went out and just straight won the football game, I don't know that I could sit here and go, I'm shocked by this just because of the way they've been doing it. I do think Montana State at this point is the toughest test they'll have, even more so than Sacramento State. A night game in Bozeman is a much different situation than, you know, a nice comfortable evening game in, in, in Central California. That said, uh, this is a really good football team, and Montana State, 
They strap it up every week, it seems like to me. They're going to certainly have to strap it up because this is a physical, big football team that loves to play and do well, exactly what Montana State loves to try and do well as well. So this is this is going to be a fun, fun battle on, on Friday night. College football, but especially FCS football, is so much about matchups. There's no teams, even as good as North Dakota State has been, there's no teams in the country that have absolutely elite talent that are also veteran players at every position. Mm. No one that has elite talent that is also veteran at every position on the field. Even NDSU can point to right now, they just had a guy that started 63 games in Robbie Grimsley at safety. They're inexperienced at safety. Those guys have great talent, but they're not veterans. Got it. They don't have elite talent at corner. Same they, at quarterback. They have solid talent at corner. They have elite talent at quarterback, but he's also a freshman. That's right. It's all across the board. James Madison has elite athletes all over the place, but you, and Weber State actually has elite athletes all over the place on defense as well. But you just never. Sometimes those guys they start young. They're freshmen. They're sophomores. So you got to pick and choose where you're at, and so that's why the matchup thing falls into place. The worst matchup that Sac State faced this entire year was Austin P. Why is that? Because Cordell Jackson, one of the best cover corners in the country, you got multiple elite defensive backs. I mean, Austin P. had three different. First team all league, Ohio, all Ohio Valley guys in the secondary that are all seniors. They also play a really they're they're back seven. They they have a they're big on the front four. Josephus Smith is one of my favorite guys. Yeah, five foot eight, two hundred ninety five pounds. <laughs> I can't. I would love to watch him lift weights because yeah. you look at his lower body. I bet you he squats ten million pounds. Well, you might have a chance to watch him lift some weights on Friday night. <laughs> no doubt, the guy's a freak. I mean, he's playing the true straight up zero technique nose. He's yes. got twenty tackles for loss. That's production is out of this world. It's crazy. And that's a matchup you got to watch because Zach Red is very undersized at center. He's an amazing player. He's so savvy. He's so athletic. But he's like six foot one, two hundred and sixty pounds. So he's lighter and taller, which is not a good not recipe. Not a good thing against Josephus. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is that besides that, though, I mean, Austin P's linebackers are all two hundred and five pounds. And again, we've talked about this. We've only watched him once. You can't judge a book by its cover. I mean, Josh Hill only weighs two hundred and five pounds from Montana State. He's first right. team all big sky. Jace right. Lewis only weighs two hundred and five pounds in Montana. He's first team all big sky. So it's not to say that those guys are at a huge disadvantage, but I just think that. As well as Austin P matched up against Sac State, they're designed to stop the pass. They're leading the country in the one of the leading rush defenses in the country, but they haven't played a team with an offensive line like Montana State. They haven't played a team with the array of ball carriers as well as the big play threats like Travis Johnson and Kevin Cass. I just think that the the, the matchup, particularly when the Cats have the ball, favors Montana State. I'm taking the Bobcats. To cover the spread and to win, advance to the Final Four for the first time since 1984. Okay, I'm with you on that. Six and a half points uh, is the spread on that number. 6 p.m. Bobcat Stadium Friday night. That game available. It's the only game that's not on the ESPN platforms. Again, if you weren't, if you if you haven't heard, they moved Montana State requested for this game to be moved to Friday because they have a winter graduation on Saturday, and so the logistics of that was too much. They wanted to move it, so they got it moved. But they're no longer on ESPN Television. It's on ESPN Three. You can stream the game Montana State versus Austin P Friday night. So there you have it, all the information you could ever need for the FCS quarterfinals. Boys and girls, thanks for listening to another edition of FCS Speculators, a betting podcast. We'll be back with you next week. National semifinals. Let's go, big time. Can't wait for it. Enjoy the football this weekend.
It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.